Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way. They have let millions of Americans realize their dreams as millions of Americans have financed their homes of their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. They're a fantastic company. Go with them, won't you? 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Send the tweets, send them hot at Ken Carmen C-A-R-M-A-N. Got Bills fans getting in, baby. I told you. They're all excited. Marone got fired, and their team's in the playoffs. I'll talk a little bit about that. Also, coming up at 1.20 p.m. Eastern, uh, Jerry needs to realize, if I if I put the most desperate situations in the NFL, especially after Week 17, I, I don't think they're top three. I'd put them in a much different spot. Jerry needs to realize that. Talk a little bit about that, and just like what I said about Frank or Doug Marone and Everybody else, welcome in Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports NFL writer. Find him on Twitter, at Yahoo Schwab. Frank, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Hey, what's going on? Uh, nothing much, except for Doug Marone got fired. Any bit of a surprise to you after what happened with Tom Coughlin last week? I mean, you're going to make a sweep, sweep it. You know, I mean, it doesn't do much good to, you know, change a little bit, not everything. So, not not a huge surprise, no. That team's been bad for two years now. One of the main reasons they lost the AFC Championship game was that they got super conservative and, and kind of let the Patriots beat them. So, yeah, I can't say it's it's totally out of the blue. What direction do they go now? That if they let go of Doug Marone, what what spot do you think they go to find themselves with a new head coach? You know, it's not an easy job. It's it's. Uh, what would you sell somebody on? The defense has collapsed. They're basically the centerpiece of their offense is a running back who was overdrafted and hasn't really paid off. The, the quarterback situation's weird at best. They've lost double digits, I believe, in all but one or two se- seasons of the decade. Like it's, there's just nothing there. I mean, I, so I don't think they're going to get a great candidate. Either. I, it just, I don't know how you sell that job to somebody. It's, it, it's, it's been one of the worst organizations in football. They haven't had a, aside from that one year, two years ago, they haven't had a lot of success. There's not some real big time hope for the future. I mean, you're kind of stuck with this whole Nick Foles, Gardner Minshew thing for at least one more year. I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, you know, it's one of 32 jobs. I don't think there's going to be a ton of openings this year, but uh, it's, you know, I don't know that they get one of the better, uh, you know, candidates in this cycle. Well, they they fired Doug Marone, and going to the Nick Foles scenario here, Frank, he's looked like garbage at times. He had that one great pass at the beginning of the season, and then he got hurt. He's such an uneven quarterback. Is there a possibility, hey, the money that they're paying him, maybe they just start over fresh in 2020, and he be, makes himself a reasonable quarterback again? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's up and down, and that means you're going to have some ups, and as far as I understand the contract, if I'm remembering right, they can't really get rid of them. I mean, there's nothing they're going to do. <laughs> they have them next year. So you, 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 you kind of stuck with him. I don't know. I, it's going to come down to, 
do you really want one more year on Nick Foles, or do you want to, do you really think Minshew's the answer going forward? That's something they're going to have to decide organizationally. And I don't know. I mean, can can Foles be that guy? Maybe I, I don't know. He's always he's had one of the weirdest careers I've ever seen. Really, like he is as good as practically Hall of Fame good. His bad is like why is this guy starting for anybody bad? So I don't know what you're yeah. getting. Yeah, I don't even know what you're getting on Nick Foles at this point. I guess that's something for the organization to wonder if they, you know, what direction they want to go. Does Marvin Lewis make sense for Washington? And maybe even a better question, does Washington make sense for a guy like Marvin Lewis? Uh, maybe. Who else wants that job? That's the thing. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say this about every single team with an opening, but the Washington Redskins are an awful organization. They're just terrible. Like, there's some good coaches that have come through there and had no success whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I just... You know, I mean, can they do better than Marvin Lewis? Uh, maybe. Everybody rips Marvin Lewis. That's fine. But the Bengals are terrible. And he did pretty well, considering uh, considering how bad the Bengals have been historically. Marvin mm-hmm. Lewis's tenure there was not that bad. Uh, yeah, I know. He didn't want to play. Okay, I get it. But the fact that he's getting them to playoffs, I mean, look what happened this year. <laughs> getting to, you want to, would you take going to the playoffs and losing this year instead of going 1-15? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's, so I think Marvin Lewis is a, a he, he's a fine coach. I think he'd be a decent fit for Washington. They're not going to get anybody great. So unless, you know, Daniel Snyder, you know, overpays by a factor of two. So I, I think that, that's a settled quote unquote for Marvin Lewis. Well, okay, that's it is what it is. Marvin, I thought kind of did a better job in Cincinnati, and then everybody gets a credit for. Frank Schwab with us on the show, Yahoo Sports NFL writer. I agree with you on this, Frank. I think that they're in desperate need of some consistency. Um, I don't know what you think of Bruce Allen. I don't like calling for guys' jobs, but I think that he's become toxic within that organization, and certainly toxic within the fan base. And Marvin Lewis might be a nice bridge, could settle some things down for the fans, could settle some things down for the team, and most importantly, maybe settle something down and, and put together a good coaching staff and, and maybe get Dwayne Haskins on the right track. Right. I, I think that that's all very fair. I mean, at very least, look, I, I mean, the, the fans have just totally turned on that team. They, they, I've never seen anything like it, to be honest. A te- an established team with a huge fan base, had some success, and fans just jumping ships saying, I'm not a Redskins fan anymore. Screw it. And it's, it's, it's shocking to me. And so, like, for them to just keep on with Bruce Allen, like, they don't hear any of this, it's kind of weird to me. Like, if, I, look, it would stink for Bruce Allen to lose his job just because fans are going to Twitter and putting hashtags about firing him. But at some point, you got to listen to your fans. And if your fans are totally, absolutely turned off by your product, you got to make some changes. You have to, I mean, you're in dire Dire circumstances of just losing a generation of fans, and I—it's I, not even a joke. They haven't had any success under Dan Snyder, and that's been a good, you know, twenty-some years. Uh, so to, to keep Bruce Allen around is basically just kind of thumbing your nose at the fans. I don't think that's the smartest thing for Daniel Snyder. Yeah, it's one thing to quit on the coach. It's one thing to quit on a quarterback. It's a whole different thing to quit on an owner, and I think that's what they've done. I worry about some of the same things in Cleveland right now, Frank. We're hearing from Michael Lombardi that there could be a lot of changes coming across uh, with the Cleveland Browns. Have you heard anything about Freddie Kitchen's future and maybe even John Dorsey? No, and I think it was it was telling that somebody leaked to, I think it was Ian Rappaport over at NFL Network, that they watched Kitchen's back for another year. It seemed to me like a trial balloon. Like, oh, can we let's let's see what what the reaction is to this? And I don't I don't know how you sell that to Browns fans. I really don't. Like, 
there's just been nothing positive. Nothing. <laughs> what what have the Browns done this year that makes you want to give Freddie Kitchens a second chance? Like, I think that it was in the moment the hire was justifiable. It it made some sense. It wasn't that bad. I, I get it. I, I understood the the reasons why they did it. But it was a boomer bust hire, and it's pretty obvious that it was a bust. It's just, it's not happening. It's, he, he just, you know, the job was too big for him. He put together a half season as an interim offensive coordinator, parlayed that into a job that was too big for him. And now you got to kind of get reset, or you're going to be wasting another year. I, I still think it's a reasonably, uh, you know, good job that people will want because there is, I think people still think Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback, and there is a lot of talent there. It's it's probably not as 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 good as it was a year ago, but I still think that you could get a top prospect or a top candidate. And why why did you waste another year with Freddie Kitchens? It's just pretty obvious that he's not the guy for that job. Frank Schwab with us on the show. Why did you do the same thing last year with Steve Wilkes in Arizona? When you have to hire a coach and then fire him one year later, I usually want to blame the guy who hired him. So it's not where I wash John Dorsey's hands of this and say, well, you know, everything you make a mistake and that's no big deal. No, I think that he bears responsibility. He's the guy who hired him. But I think firing a general manager two years into this, especially with a team with the history of the Cleveland Browns, that is a bad scenario, Frank. It really is. And that's why, I don't know, you got to kind of stick it out with somebody. <laughs> you know, I didn't like a lot of John Dorsey's moves. You know, trading Kevin Zeitler and basically – is saying, well, we don't care if our offensive line is no good. Well, okay, that's fine. And getting Baker Mayfield killed this year. I, I, I just, but you're at some point you can't just keep doing this year after year after year. And the, the funny thing is, the one guy they were patient with was Hugh Jackson, the one guy who really didn't deserve it. So I don't know. I, I you get to the point where it's like, what do you do? What you got to throw up your hands and just say, how can we fix this? How, how, what's the magic answer here? I don't know that. Mike McCarthy's the right answer. I don't know that you know something like that is is going to help you. I, but I don't know what the right answer is. They tried just about everything, and it is. There was I, I feel for Browns fans because they were so much better than they, they, their record was this year. They mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. should have been in playoff contention, and and for them to just basically be be as bad as they are, it's just, how much how much torture does this fan base have to go through? Well, some people compared them to the 49ers, and I said, no, 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 no. The 49ers had an injury. They had a couple injuries. Like, the, it was it was yeah. palpable there. I, I could understand that. This was quintessential Browns getting in their own way again. I think that's far worse. Can I take you over to Atlanta real quick? Did Arthur Blank make sure. the right move to keep Tom Dimitrov and to also keep Matt Ryan? I guess. Or not I Matt mean, Ryan, I, Dan, Quinn, yeah, Dan, Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, if you're going to be patient with them and they go 5-2 and two in the second half of the season with home wins against, road wins against the Saints and 49ers, well, then you got to keep them. I mean, you can't fire them at that point. I I don't know. I, I guess it's worth another run. I, I don't know that I've been too impressed with what the Falcons have done the last couple of years. When when a team, and has done it two years in a row, rallies at the end, I don't sit there and give them a ton of credit. I say, where was this all season? But if you can go five and two in the second half of the season with two of the better wins in the NFL all year over the Saints and 49ers, how come you're one and seven in the first half? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know that necessarily that's the right move. But again, if you, if you have a second half like they've had and you were patient earlier, you got to stick with them. That, that's kind of the, the deal when you don't fire a guy midseason. Jets have a chance to finish seven and nine. Should we calm down about Adam Gase? No, I think he's a bad coach. I don't. Again, like, <laughs> I, I, what has he done? Like, I, he's 
I've never seen a guy live off of one season like he has with the 2013 season with Peyton Manning in Denver. And spoiler alert, maybe that was a little more Peyton Manning than Adam Case. Like maybe let's 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 say maybe oh, that's I agree a with possibility. You. Oh yeah. So I, I just it was that that organization is a mess. I mean, it's it, we're just going through the worst organizations of football right now. It's depressing. It's the Jets are just a a total dumpster fire. And I know this is brought they're brought up 18 million times, but it's it's worth mentioning again. Ryan Tannehill's playing out of his mind this year. Kenyon Drake looks like a, a really, really good running back. Devontae Parker's had a breakout. Well, what's the common theme with these guys? Oh, they, they didn't do anything under Adam Gase. And then Adam Gase goes to the Jets, and Le'Veon Bell has the worst year he's ever had. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's some common thread here. I, I don't think Sam Darnold's made any progress whatsoever. I think that they're just a – I think that, that why bring back Adam Gase other than, you know, you kind of feel committed to him for more than one year? I, I don't think he's the answer, and I don't think anybody – particularly feels any confidence in him either. Would you play Lamar Jackson tomorrow? No, if I did, it would be one of those, you're not running. <laughs> you are, don't, don't scramble, don't, there's no designed runs. If, if a defender gets within 20 yards of you, you throw it into the third row. Uh, you know, so I'm fully on board with, sit your guys. This is a tough season. If you can, if you can get some health, if you can, if you can give guys a little rest, do it. That's why the, the whole like Bill O'Brien, we're going to play to win, and I don't even know what he's doing yet. If they do that, if they play some of their guys that, that shouldn't be out there playing right now in a meaningless game, what are you doing? It's there's a reason teams would like to get the bye week, and it's you know that this season, this NFL season's tough. It's a grind, and you just don't want to get anybody hurt in a meaningless game. Final one for you, Frank. Is there a team in the AFC that can beat Baltimore on their way to the Super Bowl? Well, I think it's Kansas City. I still think that they have that upside. You know, Lamar Jackson's the MVP, but I'll still take Patrick Mahomes as the best player in football. I think that could be two different answers. And their defense is playing better. I know I know that the competition hasn't been great, but they're playing well enough that you can see their offense kind of having a good month. The defense playing well enough to get a certain pen stop that they couldn't get last year against the Patriots, and them going to the Super Bowl. It's it's almost like, you know, last year they were the Ravens. They were the team that kind of came out of nowhere to get the one seed, and they haven't had they haven't had those playoff scars, and they got one. You know, losing an overtime in the AFC Championship game. I think that does help them this time around, and it wouldn't surprise me if they made a nice deep run. That that's a good football team. We've seen them win at New England, so that's possible. We we've seen them beat. The, I believe they beat the, the Ravens. So. The, uh, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are very live. I think that this is a team that we're not talking about enough just because, I don't know why, Like they, they had a slow start to the season. We kind of forgot about them a little bit, but I still think they're as good as anybody. Frank, can't thank you enough. Find this guy on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. Frank Schwab, we thank you, buddy. Yep. Thank you, Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports NFL writer. Coming up next, five burning questions. And up in a bit, I saw another one. I got to bring Tom in on that because I saw another thing for the first time this weekend. And... I think LeBron's also wondering, where did the time go? It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Here comes Hot Tom. It is time, Hot Tom, for five burning questions. Go! What's up, Ken? We got a little bit of an audible at the top of five burning this week because we talked about a Diana Rossini report earlier that the Jaguars were on the verge or really had already notified Doug Marone that he was going to be fired after the game tomorrow. There's been a huge fight back from the Jags and from the Khan family that this is not true, which is (laughs) exactly, which is frankly hilarious because we all know what's going to happen in 48 hours. But I guess I'll ask you, Ken, is there any chance that Doug Marone is still the coach of the Jags on Tuesday? 
His son owns AEW. Total swerve, brother. Total swerve. Uh, <laughs> the cat's out of the bag, right? How would she How would she know? Like, one of the cons would have had to tell her, right? There's no team president to tell her. Well, you know, in some situations, like you Diana Rossini is a good reporter. She exactly. has sources. I don't want yeah. exactly. I don't want. I don't want to accuse her of anything. But in some exactly. situations, you can predict what's going to happen without a source very easily. And this is clearly one of them. But I don't want to say she did that. I don't want to say I, she did that. You don't want to go. That safety's got to be on that gun, man. You can't just go firing down range. No, I'm just no, saying, no, 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 no. Now that no. it's being refuted, I understand how it might be possible. Well, it takes nothing it's for an owner to before. refute that it's and still do it. It's happened from an ESPN reporter before more than once, so. Mm. Um, well, I get the crazier things have happened, so maybe Doug Marone survives, but I don't know why it would seem like he was a uh, he he was on his way out, and it seems it once they've gotten rid of Tom Coughlin, it would make sense. Exactly. Why would they bring in somebody else and tell them they have to take Doug Marone? Who's not winning, whose team quit on him this year. He's fired. We all know. Next. Okay. Next. Tonight is the big night in college football with the Peach Bowl leading off festivities featuring LSU and Oklahoma at 4 p.m. Eastern. Then the Fiesta Bowl following up, of course, Ohio State and Clemson at 8 p.m. Eastern. There's seemingly even more star power in this playoff than usual from Joe Burrow to Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, J.K. Dobbins, Justin Fields, Chase Young, Jalen Hurts. So, Ken, which star will shine brightest tonight? I think Joe Burrow's going to put on a show. That kid's got something. That kid's got something fun. And I wonder what Trevor Lawrence is going to do. I just got this weird stealing feeling, brother. I got a weird stealing feeling. And I know we had Bill and Clemson call in, and he was flatly just upset with me because I was saying what I was saying about Clemson. Hey, if you guys win the national championship, I'm putting Dabo with Nick Saban. Uh, on par with Nick Saban. It's harder to win at Clemson than it is at Alabama, so that means it's sure as hell harder to repeat at Clemson than it is at Alabama. But I can't say that Ohio State wouldn't beat the brakes off of every one of those teams. Justin Fields being 85%. Might be the difference. And they could get through this game. I don't think they're going to get through LSU. I don't think there's something here where they have not been tested, and I don't think they're going to win the national championship. And I've been right about everything else, so it would be fitting that I would get this dead-ass wrong. Yet I, I still have not seen them. I've seen them do incredibly well. But they've played against garbage. The ACC is a suck-ass conference, and they've been that way for a long time. And I'm not saying that Clemson couldn't win in the SEC or win in the Big Ten, but I think that any one of these other teams, Oklahoma, Ohio State, LSU, would certainly, certainly kick the crap out of any one of those teams that they beat since the UNC game that Dabo likes to keep bringing up. Next. All right, the one and only Jameis Winston is on the verge of some quarterback history this week. He has an opportunity to accomplish the first 30-touchdown, 30-interception season ever. (laughs) we got a real Jose Canseco. Yeah, he currently has 31 touchdowns and 28 interceptions, so he needs two on Sunday. He's also less than 100 yards away from a 5,000-yard season. But, Ken, will Winston finish the deal and get to 30 interceptions? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a given. Who are they playing again tomorrow? Falcons. Oh, yeah, that's going to happen. Good weather. Oh, definitely. 30-30, give it to me. And plus he wants, what, $30 million a year? Yeah, that's kind of the natural follow-up. Oh, what a number. What a number for him. Oh, good for Jameis. Yeah, I guess he deserves it. Whatever. 
Bruce Allen or Bruce Arians has done a heck of a job. He's made that team palatable. They need a defense and they need Jameis to cut down on the on the on the turnovers, but at least they got him back on the right track. It looked like he was lost at the at the end of last year. So Arians has done a phenomenal job. They're a reasonably still not good, but a reasonably decent football team. And he has, by and large, revamped Jameis Winston's career. And I still wonder what the hell is Todd Munkin doing? Because it wasn't much in Tampa Bay. And I still don't know what his official duties are in Cleveland. Next. All right, well, let's get back on the Black Monday coach firing thing. It's always kind of a morbidly fascinating question to ask because Mm -hmm. there's a surprise every single year, at least one. Who do you think, if there will be one this year, who do you think will be the surprise firing of Black Monday this season? (sighs) Couldn't be Bill O'Brien, could it? Interesting. You wanted a surprise. I, I give you a surprise. Do we? Can I turn it around and say Doug Marone's a surprise rehire? No. Oh, <laughs> if he gets immediately rehired, yeah, I'd say that is a surprise. Can, we, can I? Well, can I count this as like a Billy Martin scenario? So this would be his second stint, or an Art Shell? <laughs> sure. Is this his second stint? A surprise firing. Anthony Lynn. Is that a surprise? Um. Yeah, I think that qualifies. I mean, now you're just hearing me go after bad records here. So, I think maybe it could be Bill O'Brien. A lot of a lot of Texans fans, boy, they hate him. They, they hate him. him. It's crazy. I got a guy who calls me up, and I'm not going to say who, and he just calls him butt chin, which is not a nice thing to say about a guy. I'm not down with that. What? What's wrong? No, no. I mean, what else do you say? He has a butt chin. That's what I'm told. Next. I mean, there's no way like Frank Reich is going to go. There's some talk about that. There's no. I don't think there's any way that happens. Do you? That would be such. No, a big I mistake. think that'd be silly. I think that'd be a huge. It would be honestly, it would be quintessential Colts. But that'd be a huge mistake. Matt I think Patricia is not a yeah. surprise. But is I don't think. I think Matt here. Patricia is going to stay though, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I would lean towards that, but I don't think if he got canned, it would. I guess no, it, it wouldn't be a surprise. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be a surprise. But I think he's going to stay. Bill O'Brien, I think, might be the one. You mentioned the Frank Reich stuff. I, I just don't believe. I think Chris Ballard's better than that. I think he's going to keep Frank Reich where he's at. Hey, yeah, Jacoby Brissett got hurt. And I think we need to take that into account. Jacoby Brissett couldn't do everything he's supposed to be able to do as a quarterback, and it hurt their offense. Next. Yeah, he had a terrible year, but also he was not plan A. He, was he not wasn't plan A. plan A. You're right about that. All right, last one. I don't know if you heard, but beast mode. Marshawn Lynch is back in the NFL. He's returned to the Seahawks just in time for a massive Sunday night game, of course, with the Niners and then a very anticipated playoff run for this group. Hmm. So how big will Marshawn Lynch's impact actually be on the next month or so of Seahawks football? I think he'll probably get the ball a few more than a few times. They need him so desperately bad. So I think he's going to get him more than we think. They got him and they got Robert Turbin back, right? So now they have three guys who are out. C.J. Procise, I love Rashad Penny, but he's so hurt. They're probably going to have to use him more than they want to. you got to take some of it off of Russell Wilson. You can't just do everything with Russell. That's not fair to him. Will he, Next. Be, will he be effective? That's the last one, but will he oh, be effective? effective? Will he break you know, three and a half yards per carry? What, what will? Yes, yes. You think he so? can run forward. He can be a nice Leroy Horde for you. Leroy Horde was always famous for saying, if you need two yards, he'll get you three. If you need five yards, he'll get you three. I think that's fair. That's a nice. He'd be a nice Leroy Horton at this stage in his life. I think they'll take a nice Leroy Horton. You, if you can turn, if you can turn third and two into first and ten, or, or second and two into first and ten, and and just move down the field that way, I think they'll take that. 
We had Leroy on the show this season, so there you go. Yes, we did. I'm a big fan Full of Leroy circle. Hard. All right. Yeah, that big was fan. five burning questions. Oh, they burned. They burned like crazy. Coming up next, I saw The Irishman. I sat through all three hours and 45 minutes. I break it down a little bit. It's not going to take three hours and 45 minutes with Tom coming up. Also, Jerry needs to realize we're all freaking out because of him. LeBron James might be just wondering where all the time went. we got a lot to get to when we come back. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by the great folks at Geico. There's a quick way you can save money. You switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Jerry needs to understand one thing, and I'll probably do this on Monday night, 6 to 10, which will be Black Monday, and it'll be I'll have more teams to put on here. But if I if I look at the most desperate situations, I think the Jets are in a more desperate spot. The Redskins are. The Browns are. If they fire Jason Garrett in Dallas, Jerry needs to understand you got a good football team. You're the person that makes everybody nervous. Should that be a shocking thing to you? Shouldn't you understand that if you're Jerry Jones? You make everybody around you nervous. You make Cowboys fans nervous. You make anybody who covers the league nervous. And it needs to be said, anytime you've given up absolute power, you've been a pretty successful franchise. You've been an okay franchise even with you in that power, in that role of picking players. But whenever you've given up the power that you so hold dearly, you've made a good decision on personnel and guys who to take over that power. I can't say Urban Meyer is the best idea possible. I can't say that Lincoln Riley is the best idea possible. There's plenty of good candidates out there this year. If you were to move on from Jason Garrett, there'd be plenty of good ones. But if you want to give up that power, I think the track record should should show somebody needs to talk some sense into Jera. Got a good football team. Dak Prescott, I think, has played over the, well, my expectations for him. thought he's played pretty well. I don't think that Dak Prescott's been the problem whatsoever there. Zeke Elliott. Has worked out pretty well. Offensive line might still need a little bit of help. Defense always needs a little bit of tweaking to do. But when you've made that decision to step away, you've been good. Jimmy Johnson, who should be a Hall of Fame head coach, picked good players. They won championships. Bill Parcells, when he was in charge of things, you found a franchise quarterback. And you were a very competitive football team. Didn't get the ultimate prize, but when Bill Parcells, and if Bill Parcells wouldn't have done what Parcells does, which is get tired and leave, who knows what you would have done. But you took back over that talent, and you make everybody nervous. And so we spend all this time grinding about Jerry Jones and getting worked into a shoot about Jerry. It's always about him, his football team, and this is what's got to be most frustrating to the people listening to 105.3 down there in Dallas. It's... It's a football team that should have ran away with this division. Philadelphia is down. The Giants are trying to win. The Washington Redskins are a complete embarrassment to professional sports in every way you put it. It's a division they should have won. And when I look at the most desperate spots in the NFL, you're in a good spot. Just get out of your own way. And it's hard to tell elderly people, and I, yeah, I'll be the same way. I argue for a living, so I guarantee it if I make it that long. It's hard to tell elderly people to be open-minded. What they've done, especially with very wealthy elderly people, and he's 76 years old, he is a senior citizen, especially very wealthy elderly people who've made good decisions, and he's a gambler unlike any other. He's a wildcatter of the oil industry. 
it's hard to get them to go in a different direction because they've trusted their gut. And when you've trusted your gut and became a billionaire and a Hall of Famer and a well-regarded owner, he, he really is, it's going to be hard to talk him out of that decision. Yet if he wants to win a championship, another one that's his before it's all done, you're going to have to turn this over. You have to. This has been a tremendously disappointing season for you. And the closer you get to having to pay Dak, which is obviously coming up here very soon, you're going to have to make more changes then. You're going to need people who are minding the P's and Q's because you are che- you are checking every single penny you're spending now. Because he's worth the money, and he should be worth the money. They're not getting any better, and they're not in a spot where they need to go out and, and reevaluate and restart all over again with another quarterback and another offense and everything. You're built to win now. Jason Garrett isn't getting the job done. I respect Jason Garrett. I think he's lost the tune of that locker room. He might need a tune-up in his own right. You can go out and get a quality coach. If I look at Cleveland, they're in a very difficult spot. I don't know what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield. I don't know what's going to happen with that offense. I want to get OBJ back to his previous form. I don't know if he's going to get there. It's been three years now. Redskins just went over him. Jacksonville. God, we don't even know if the coach is fired right now. The the Chargers? I almost called them the Clippers a second ago. There are so many teams that are in a worse spot. You're the only guy standing in the way. Tom, let me bring you in on something before I get to LeBron. Please. Saw the Irishman a couple nights ago. Watched the whole freaking thing. Three hours, 45 minutes in one sitting. You know why? Because Lima bitched my ear off the entire time, so I knew I was going to watch it. What do you mean? Because he saw it and he kept asking me, did you see it? I want to talk about it on the show. I want to talk about it on the show. And finally, yep, so finally I watched The Irishman. Thought it was great. Thought it was a great movie. It took some getting used to. You liked it too? I did. I didn't think it was a masterpiece as some people were claiming. It's not maybe. Maybe it's not even on the level of an average Scorsese movie, but it's a good movie. Well, I asked you what you thought it was, and I loved I loved the analogy you used for it. Can you share that with everybody? It's like Mob Forrest Gump. God, I think that's perfect. I want to give you a great big fat hug next time I see you for that. The real I think that's a perfect journey analogy. over multiple decades in which the main character is somehow tied up into a whole bunch of noteworthy mob occurrences, which is kind of surprising. I didn't expect it to go down that route, so there, that was kind of what was interesting. I mean, as a history buff kind of person, that like, was what is, was interesting. To is me it about. understood? It's not understood that Frank Sheeran was the guy who shot Joey Gallo at Umberto's clam house, correct? Absolutely not, yeah. No. That's his like, own not, claim, but no, nothing else supports that. Folks, I'm not giving this away. This is kind of like a biopic, and we know what happens at the end. Like, they still haven't found Jimmy Hoffa, so I'm not giving away anything here, okay? I, I think that that's in there. I, I don't know... It's still disputed by, I believe, his stepson, Frank Sheeran's stepson, who's written a book about this. And if you watch the movie, I got him. I'm now. Do you understand who I am now? I'm. Ha- you had to read the book, guy. His son, his stepson, wrote a book. Frank Sheeran's stepson wrote a book where he was the guy who didn't talk to Frank Sheeran. It wasn't Anna Paquin, or the character Anna Paquin was playing in the movie. Right. It was technically this son, or a stepson of his. So we have to get that one clear. It was a long, long watch. It's long, and they're asking elderly, like legitimately, seriously elderly actors to play like in their 30s and 40s. 
mm-hmm. which is a sh- very strange. There's no way around it. It's just a strange thing. It doesn't look or feel right. But you well, love De Niro and you love I, you love watching these guys. So it's like it's okay. Yeah, but it's strange. But that's what I didn't understand. And I know they wanted to do like one more big movie before they all climb in their coffins. Right, and they've been working on this one for a long time too. But you know, for Godfather Two, De Niro doesn't look like he doesn't look like Marlon Brando. They let De Niro, they didn't, and I know there was a big problem with Marlon Brando in the studio, and Marlon Brando was a tough person to work with, but it wasn't like they tried, and I know, it's all different now, the technology's different, CGI, the makeup, and everything. Why didn't they just use different actors? Because that part I thought was hard to follow along. I kept seeing, and Robert De Niro's an old man, Robert De Niro's 76 years old in his own right, and I'm seeing 76-year-old Robert De Niro, and then I'm seeing these jump cuts to him looking really old, and Joe Pesci, who's in his 70s, who had to look even older for all this. That I didn't get. You get what I'm pointing out here? I do. I also think that that's kind of the whole point of the project, why they did it, because of the challenge of pulling off this physical acting. There's, yeah. a, there's a round table with the four of them, Pacino, Scorsese, De Niro, and Pesci, also on Netflix, like a little conversation about the movie, and they talk about how much like posture and energy came into play changing it you know, you would, you're younger, so you would get up faster, or you would walk mm-hmm. differently, or you would hold your back a certain way. So I think it was like a major challenge acting-wise. Oh, I thought it was a great wise. job of acting by them. I, I thought it was a wonderful job of that's acting. That's why by it them. happened, though. Like, I, I think the movie could have been better if they cast younger players to do the younger roles, but I think they actually actively wanted to take on the challenge of at least trying. I thought Stephen Graham as Tony Pro who the last time I remember him, you're going to kill me for this, was Tommy and Snatch. Yeah, exactly. Because I was watching him, and I'm going, where do I remember this guy from? Where have I seen this guy from? And I looked, I go, oh my God, it's Tommy from Snatch. I go, he's capable of this. Is there anywhere else that I should know him? Where has he been my entire life? Yeah, is there anywhere Uh, else I should know him from? I looked him up, and I think he was in Boardwalk Empire, which I only saw a couple episodes, and I have it on Amazon. I just haven't gotten to it now. And he was in, like, I think he was in, what, Pirates of the Caribbean? He's actually in a couple of, like, big movies. Weird. I miss those. And I've just he was good, never, though. exactly, and I've never put two and two together, and I'm going, where have I seen that guy? And I looked it up right after the movie. I go, oh, my God, because Snatch is a great movie. And I, I saw him in that, and I, I couldn't believe it. I go, this is what this guy's capable of. This is incredible. I thought he was great. And I thought altogether it was a good movie. I don't think it's one of the all-time classics. I don't think it's anywhere near Godfather. I think Departed is oh, is an no. incredible movie. I don't think it's anywhere near some of the, the some of the work that Pacino's done, but Pacino was incredible in it. I also think it was the first one, and, and, and this is definitely your thought too. You're right about this, where it's the first movie setup that comes from it's 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 based for streaming, like it's really Bingo. set to be. And I wish they would have done it where you could watch it in. Two, and don't tell me they don't have the technology to do this. Where you could have watched it where, all right, these are four episodes that make up the entire movie, or you can try to watch it in one long thing. Instead of pausing it. Yeah, it's interesting. Creating natural breaks, like suggested breaks. Yes. It's a good idea. Yes. That, might be, that might be a thing they evolved from this. But Scorsese flat out says that, like, that he does not at all expect you to do it in one sitting. Like It's made for streaming, and you're supposed to oh, be able it. to consume it in multiple sittings. I did it, and it got uncomfortable. It I'm got sure real it uncomfortable. There was something else that's uncomfortable here coming up later, and it's LeBron going on the road. You see how that is, Tom? That's a seamless transition, there babe. Go. That's a pro. I'm watching De Niro at the end of this movie. And at the end of the movie, it's this whole thing of, it turns into where's the time gone? What has happened in my life? Trying to atone for the atrocities that he's created. LeBron's created no atrocities. He's done nothing terrible. But I found the same common theme 
when I found out last night, and, and throughout the day in the news, LeBron hates the term load management. He hates hearing about his groin. He's going to try to play through the groin. Lakers officials are trying to talk LeBron into sitting, resting, being ready for the postseason. This might be the second year in a row that LeBron has missed time with a significant injury. And throughout his history, as a lot of people know, he's missed for knees, he's missed for elbows, he's missed for thigh injuries and hamstrings and ankles, and he's been beat up. He's probably played about 17 and a half full seasons out of the 16 I think he's played altogether. When you put the postseason in there, he's played a ton of basketball. But I think this is the first time where it's not based on load management. I think now as a 35-year-old man just about to be, where he's played so much basketball, this is the first time I think LeBron James is in denial. It's easy to talk about on his 30th birthday. I remember in the postgame in his 30th birthday, he said he feels damn old, but he's turning 30. And when we say we're damn old, we go through a lot of stages where we don't mean it. This may very well be the first time LeBron feels old, and I think it scares him. A guy who's been able to turn it on and turn it off at any time, take over any basketball game he wants to, which is a sight to behold in professional sports, one of the greatest sights you can see. Angry LeBron is one of the most palpable forces in sports. And for the first time, he's actually feeling his age. I do think there's a groin problem. I do think that he's going to have to power through it. And I do think someone's going to have to talk sense to him. Because when he's 28, 29, 30 through 33, it's easier to make the argument, rest, take two weeks off like you did, and take a trip to Miami if you can. We need you for the postseason. The Lakers need him for the postseason. His legacy needs him for the postseason. And now for the first time, this would be year two. And for the first time, I think that he thinks his body might be failing him. And it would scare the hell out of any of us as old people, and it scares the hell out of him as a 35-year-old man who has other folks on their way up. Big thanks to Tom, Pete, Chris Lepresti, Shep, Billy Jack, everybody who joined us. I'm Ken Carmen. Have a wonderful weekend, my friends. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.